This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. It was a bolt out of the blue yesterday. Kevin O'Leary dropped out of the conservative leadership race hours before the final debate was to be held here in Toronto. He said he was confident that he could win the conservative leadership, but due to his poor French language skills and a failure to grow his base in Quebec, he thought it was unlikely that he could win a general election against Justin Trudeau. Okay. Um, And instead, he's throwing his support behind Maxime Bernier. Uh, Is this a good development for the Conservatives? Right now, I'm here with political analyst Mike Van Solen of Navigator Limited. I'd like to hear from you. So uh, before we talk to Mike, the number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. We're talking about Kevin O'Leary dropping out. Mike, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Great to be here, Libby. Okay. Do you believe the reasons that he gave? I have a hard time taking them at face value. I think he should have known when he decided to go for this that it was going to be really difficult to beat Justin Trudeau. He should have known before he got into this that not being able to speak French was going to be a problem in Quebec. So all the reasons he cited were known quantities. So to think that that's, he had uh, he woke up uh, some morning this week and suddenly realized, oh, my word, I'm in big trouble in Quebec. I better get out of this race uh, is a little hard to believe. Well, I have to say I I know Kevin O'Leary, though I have not been in touch with him recently. He is a very confident guy. I mean, and I I think it's totally possible that he went into this thinking piece of cake and just underestimated those things. And in terms of Justin Trudeau, I I think that even in the time since Kevin got in the race, uh, whenever it was, the end of last year, beginning of this year, uh, I think that Justin Trudeau's stature has grown, and especially in regard to Trump, because I remember Kevin saying it's like Bambi and Godzilla. And uh, at least initially, Justin Trudeau seems to be finessing that relationship pretty well, and he he is looking really hot on the world stage. (laughs) I mean, when Kevin said that he's more famous than Trudeau in the States, I don't think that's true anymore. I think, uh, you know, there's probably a few uh, criticisms that could be made of the Liberal government and Justin Trudeau, but one of them is not that they've been poor in how they've dealt with the United States. They've actually done a great job since uh, they came, since Trump came into power, dealing with the new administration, properly positioning Canada for working with someone like Donald Trump, who is uh, unpredictable at best. But they've done a great job, and they've worked really hard with the administration and the staff around them. uh, folks in the prime minister's office deserve credit for that. So that that uh, accusation from uh, from Kevin seems a little bit hollow. Now, looking at how it's played out, 
still a long way to go. Trump, oh, yeah. We're only getting to his 100 days in office. Uh, I, I still worry about the, the dynamic between the two countries and, and how Canada is going to fare in negotiations around NAFTA and, and other pieces that will come up. But as for, as for Kevin, he, he, uh, he steps out of the race. Uh, he, he never gets to prove uh, to us, to Canadians, whether he could do a better job than Mr. Trudeau because uh, he's, he's gone back to Boston. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, um, the other question is, okay, because I remember at first when he was playing footsie, he was waiting for other people to drop out to have the field less crowded. Well, that's that's not happening. So is this a good thing for the conservative race? Because, you know, frankly, the rest of them are, are pretty well, I mean— they're, they don't exactly have huge profiles. That's for sure. Any of them. <clears throat> I think so. I think having uh, Kevin in the race was good for the race. He brought a lot of star power. He was exactly what you would uh, expect when you when we recruit a reality TV star to be part of a political process. He delivered very well on that score. I thought I thought there was a real chance before he declared at the beginning of this year that he was really going to go for it and throw his hat in the ring. There was a real chance that he was just playing footsies. He enjoyed the media attention and that he was ultimately going to decide not to run. For him to get into the race, go through this four-month uh, process, and then decide uh, – and now decide to pull out is, is the puzzling part of it. That said, uh, I think the Conservative Party is better. We probably sold a bunch of more tickets. We raised a bunch more money. Uh, we uh, had more attention on our race. And, and, and even the other, uh, actor, the other uh, candidates benefited from having Kevin in the race because there was attention. There was a, a greater platform for them to talk to Canadians about what they, their views of the country were. Okay, so now Maxime Bernier is the front runner. Perceived run, front runner, yeah. Perceived front runner. So everybody's going after him. Um, uh, he's a, a libertarian. Uh, a right. lot of people think his views are a little extreme, even for the Conservative Party. They are. I, the, the, I think a lot of conservatives like the, the idea of, of libertarianism, and, and he's the, he's the uh, standard bearer for that in the party, for sure. The challenge is some of the other stuff that he suggested, um, and, and this was pointed out in the debate last night, but uh, his, his idea of cutting the federal government by a third. Well, in, in practice, you know, you know, how does that happen? And we've all been through here in Ontario, Tim Hudak. Dude, I was pro- going to say it didn't work out very well for Tim Hudak, right. that kind of promise. And I think this is the tension that uh, conservative members will now have when, when they decide on who's the next leader. It becomes a, a contest between who do you want to be, who do you think is the standard bearer for conservatism in Canada and can represent the party best, and who do you think is going to win the next election? And sometimes where you find a candidate that represents uh, the top marks on both those scores, perfect. But I th- what I think we're at is a lot of conservative members are th- are trying to weigh those two things. Who do I really like? And is that the same person who I think could do best against Don- or, uh, um, Trudeau in the next election? Hmm. Too bad Ronna Ambrose can't run. <laughs> she's <laughs> you, been doing really well. I, she surprised me, got to say. She's done really well. It's a, uh, I don't want to take anything away from her. It's, it's a different, uh, she's, a, she's in a, a perfect role for her. Uh, being in this race, she, and she's had a chance to show what she's worth. So, so top marks to her. Uh, she should have jumped in the race and, and we, we could have uh, well, had they, a chance that's to. Well, the, the rule was you can't run if you're going to be interim right. leader. Um, we are running out of time here. Mike, but uh, are you willing to make a prediction? <laughs> uh, 
I've uh, I I I've trying to get out of the business of predictions because uh, I've been so terrible at them. Look, I, I think Andrew Shear has a real chance uh, to capture this. Maxime seems seems to be the front runner just by the chattering classes. No one really knows. I think Michael Chong still has a chance to surprise those folks who uh, who buy his pitch that uh, he has the best chance uh, to win uh, against Trudeau. Uh, he has he he seems uh, he doesn't check people's boxes for the most conservative botafides, uh, but he, he has a, a, a center platform that may be appealing to folks. But I'd look for Andrew Scheer and uh, Maxime Bernier likely to be uh, at the top of the ballot uh, in, mm, a, in a Interesting, because the other name I've heard is Aaron O'Toole. There's, there's a few folks like uh, those conventional candidates. I'll put them in that box. So uh, Aaron O'Toole, Andrew Scheer, I think are both in that space. More convention, conventional candidates who have a bunch of time with the party, who've worked hard and proven themselves as MPs. So I, I think uh, we'll find conservative members sort of weighing the option between the two of them where they're looking for that, co- that conventional choice. And then, of course, you have Max with his libertarian piece, uh, Kelly with the, the, her views on immigration and the reforms that are required there, Chong representing someone who's, who's more center with an environmental platform and a carbon tax, not traditional uh, conservative platforms. So, so those five I would see really being in the mix. Okay, Mike Van Solen, thank you so much. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.